2023 is here and it's time to plan out your goals to get in the shape of your life this year. Maybe you started your journey this past year or maybe you're looking to make 2023 the year you get the results you've always dreamed of. And if you are, I want to help you. I've been a health and fitness coach for almost a decade now. I've helped thousands of people often online get in the shape of their life and drop the kilos they've been wanting to shed for years. I've helped people transform their bodies, their health, and their minds. And most importantly, I've shown them how they can maintain this on a long-term basis. As your coach, I take care of everything within your health and fitness journey, your training, your nutrition, your cardio, supplementation, etc. But I also look at your journey from a holistic perspective and address your stress, your sleep, your mindset, and ensure you have everything you need to achieve your results. If you're ready to make this the year you get the results you truly want, fill in the application form in the description below. It'll only take you two minutes and I'll be in touch for us to book in a call so we can plan out your journey and put some clear goals in place. If you have any questions about the coaching, feel free to email me or DM me on Instagram, which is at Elliot Hassoon. I'm excited to hear from you and excited to help you transform your body, health, and mind in 2023. You probably know by now that you should be hitting a daily protein target. You probably know by now that you should be working towards having some form of veg and salad at almost every meal that you have. There are nutritional tips that you hear about almost daily that you've probably learned to integrate by now and you're probably tired of hearing too. But there are many tips that you may have not heard of yet. The ones that could really help you that aren't really spoken about so much. And those are what I want to go through today. The uncommon nutritional tips that aren't discussed enough that I feel could help you on your health and fitness journey. So let's dive into it. And number one on my list today is the fact of foods into your day that aren't traditionally healthy. Most people, when they get started on a health and fitness journey, assume that the foods that they enjoyed in the past, the traditionally unhealthy foods, will be completely off the menu. And to some degree, they will need to be monitored. And if you want the best possible results, then absolutely, some time away from those things is going to help. If you put alcohol, chocolate, takeaways into your diet on a day-to-day basis, it's probably not going to lead you towards the best health, nor the best results either. However, there is a time where factoring these foods into your day can be very, very valuable. And I quite often give people this example. They're like, well, I really want to just have this little bit of chocolate in my day, but I'm going to avoid it at all costs because I want the best possible results. And I know that this isn't going to be the most helpful thing when it comes to achieving that. But then what you find is that five or six days later, or maybe a little bit longer if they have the willpower to stay on track, is that they end up indulging in something super, super heavy chocolate-wise. And that's because they place the level of restriction on themselves. For some people, this works incredibly well. For others, it doesn't work so well. So you've got to determine who you are in this situation. Because let's say that you are going to have some chocolate in your day and some chocolate bars are around like 130 calories. Let's make it really easy for the maths and say that this chocolate is 100 calories. If you have that every single day for 10 days, that's 1000 calories. However, if you try and restrict yourself for 10 days, but at day 10, then you decide to eat three bars of chocolate, some cake, and also a takeaway at the same time time and then you end up consuming 2,500 calories because you were restricting so much, that's 1,500 more than you were going to have even if you had that chocolate on a day-to-day basis. And the thing is, is that once we put that in place, you don't feel that same level of restriction. So your chances of binging or overindulging are far less likely. So sometimes putting that thing in your diet that might not seem so optimal could actually be better than the alternative. You've just got to determine the type of individual that you are. Number two is to brush your teeth after meals. I know a 
lot of people who are maybe in their adult life and they're having things like retainers, they're having Invisaligns, etc., where they have to make sure that their teeth stay very, very clean on a regular basis. So they started adopting the approach of brushing their teeth after their meals. And what they found is after that, they would have had to put their retainer back in, or if they ate any food again, they would have to brush again. And obviously that's a pain if you're doing it four, five, six times a day, is that they found themselves eating a lot less. And whether you're doing this for the purpose of dental hygiene or not, it could be a nice approach. And I think most of us can resonate with this. I know that after I brush my teeth in the evening, there is about a 99% chance that I'm not going to consume any food after that. It's kind of this precursor to saying, okay, food is done for the day here. So maybe you can start doing it after some meals, or maybe you do it right after your last meal. If you find that you have troubles with overeating in the evenings, it could be really helpful for that. It could be that nice sign that you are done with food for the day. And the only thing that you might consume after that is going to be water or mouthwash. So number three is to eat similar meals on a day-to-day basis. And I know everyone's going to be like, well, what about nutritional diversity? We need to have a ton of different foods to make sure that we are having the spice of life and we're getting all these quality nutrients from different foods. And yes, I completely understand that. However, I've been able to have a lot of success by keeping my nutrition very, very similar. And I think there's a time and place to introduce new foods into your diet, but it doesn't have to be on a day-to-day basis. Simplicity has served me and many of the clients I've worked with very, very well. And I'm not saying you need to eat the same thing for 365 days a year, but maybe if you have the same breakfast every day, that might be helpful for setting the tone of your nutrition for the day and at least guaranteeing that like 33%, one out of your three meals is going to be on point. Maybe it's dinner. Maybe in the evening, you don't have the time to create these new and amazing recipes and you just stick with the same dinner. I think this could be wise for a lot of people. I think many of us think that we need to have something new on the menu every single day and it places a level of pressure on us and it makes nutrition harder. And as we know at the Simply Fit podcast, we're all about simplifying things. So what I would say is maybe have a idea in mind where you bring in one new food to your repertoire on a day or time that suits you really well to ensure that nutritional diversity and to ensure that you aren't getting too bored of your foods and you have the opportunity to try something new. However, outside of that, opt for what serves you well and don't always look for the variety and the excitement in your food. Look for it in other areas of your life as well as the food that you're consuming. Number four is to stop intermittent fasting. Elliot, did you seriously just say stop intermittent fasting? Yes, I did. I love intermittent fasting. I think it's a fantastic approach for many, many people, but I don't think any single nutrition approach works for everyone. Yet I feel everyone in a rush to go into intermittent fasting. I spoke to someone a little while ago on the podcast about how it's probably not so optimal for a highly stressed woman to be intermittent fasting. I would say anyone with high stress levels, which is the majority of us, should probably be considering their approach when it comes to fasting. We've got to think of the impact of cortisol, right? And we've got to think about how many things are going to elevate our cortisol levels in the morning when we are traditionally fasting, right? We're thinking about 11 till 7 or 12 till 8 eating window. And cortisol in small doses at various points in the day is absolutely fine. However, when it's consistently and chronically spiking, that's when it becomes a problem. So let's go back to the morning time. We have a natural elevated cortisol level in the morning that allows us to get out of bed and get our day going. Totally fine and totally normal. And then we go and add our coffee on top. 
caffeine is something that will raise your cortisol levels. And then we go pick up our phone and we see the email that stresses us out a little bit. That's another thing that's going to raise our cortisol levels. Or we've got to go get our kids ready for school and go through some of the stress that that brings. And then we go and do our workout, which we also know raises cortisol levels. And then finally, we have not eating on top of that as well, which is also going to raise our cortisol. And maybe we didn't sleep so well last night. That is a recipe for a lot of cortisol, a lot of stress, a potentially pretty anxious you. And it's just a very, very big combination of things that is not going to start your day on the best note. So I'm not telling you not to do this. I'm telling you to stop and consider whether this is really helping you or is it potentially hindering you. Number five is to start blending your foods for convenience. But Elliot, shouldn't I be avoiding smoothies? Shouldn't I be eating all of my foods? In an ideal world, maybe, but we don't live in an ideal world. So if I can't achieve optimal, then I'm going to opt for practical. And in my eyes, it's much better for me to get someone to blend a smoothie in the morning and get some nutrients and protein into their system than to have them go fasted and end up getting a dip in blood sugar, some stress, and then end up emotionally eating a croissant and a latte in a pret-a-manger later in the morning because they didn't have anything in their system to begin with. So let's think practically. And if that is a practical option for you, whether it's in the morning or whether it's at some point during the day, then absolutely go for it. I'm not talking about all of your meals, but one a day will not harm you whatsoever. So those are my five uncommon nutrition tips that you might have heard before, but it's a good chance that you haven't heard them too much. So any of them that might help you on your journey, apply them as of today, as of the coming week, and I have no doubt that they will help you. So I hope that helped team. Have an amazing week ahead and I'll talk to you very, very soon. And that was the Simply Fit Podcast. I hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode. I feel inspired to improve your health and well-being. Be sure to search for Simply Fit in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. And go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. So reach out to me on social media. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elliot Hassoun. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.